Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing and incredible John Shookman. Welcome to the show, John. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I know you're super busy and you have little ones at home. So thank you for carving out time to be here. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, John Shookman is a realtor in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, and he has built his entire business around creating strong relationships and leveraging organic social media growth. He went from broke and $200,000 in debt after losing his W-2 job to becoming debt free. And we may even talk about the Dave Ramsey thing. How did that happen? And now he also has a podcast as well, and it's called The Real Estate Survival Guide. He helps realtors survive the real estate business, and he loves giving back and helping realtors and their business grow and create success by investing deeply in relationships, which is one of the many reasons I wanted him on the show today. So John, I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Yeah, I love the question. Thank you so much. And again, thanks for having me. I think the biggest thing is processing through how can I help others, mm-hmm. right? There are so many people on this journey. What I've found in real estate is there are just so many realtors that either don't do a good job or just whether intentional because they're complete jerks or because they just don't know better, right? Mm-hmm. When I was new in my real estate business, it took 10 months for me to even make a sale. I made less than $2,000 those first 10 months. And then business started to grow and I was very thankful, but I'm thankful for the people that invested in me, right? Mm-hmm. There's you know a couple different people, Vincent Puglisi, who were in the mastermind with, he talks about this term, who has put you over and who are you putting over? And so I think to answer the question is just, how do I give back and repay what people have done for me? Mm-hmm. Right. I want to repay that. I want to help others, whether it's in the real estate business, whether whatever it is, like when someone comes to me and says, hey, I, I noticed you did this. Can you show me how? Absolutely. Because there's been so many people, whether it be in Total Life Freedom, the mastermind we're in or real estate, so many people that have helped me. And so I think it's really about caring about people and trying to just give back to them, whether that's realtors on a podcast, whether that's how I treat my clients, right. And just treating them with kindness, dignity, respect, all those different things. Mm, Well, I think you hit the nail on the head about kindness because it seems to be a lost art. (laughs) And you, I have to say, first of all, I forgot to mention how long we've known each other. We've known each other for weirdly, I think several years online and then just got to actually meet in person last year at Podcast Movement along with the other amazing people in, like you mentioned, the TLF, Total Life Freedom Mastermind. So I'm I'm so glad to be connected to you because talk about kindness, man. There's a full group full of people who are kind and you are definitely, that's one of the many amazing qualities about you, John, is that you're kind. And I love that you mentioned kind of a paying it forward almost because some people invested in you and now you kind of see it as your responsibility, your duty, so to speak, that to pay, to be kind and pay it forward to invest in others. Yeah. And I, and I do think we, we've, we talked earlier and I had you on my show and I, and I think it's just when you care about people, all of those things come back. So I, mm-hmm. I, I'll say I had a client reach out today. I have not heard from this person. They messaged me and they said, this is so random. We went, to, I went to a college with them in 2006. I have not heard from them since 2006 or 2007. Wow. They're like, oh, we live in your area. We'd love to see a house. I checked out what you're doing. It looks amazing. I checked out your podcast. You're doing such great things. I'd love to see this house. Now, I don't, my podcast isn't even for clients, right? right? 
But she listened to it and she can hear how much I care about people, how much I want to help people. And so, and again, I don't do the podcast either so that clients find it and want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. I just do it to be helpful. And I think all of those things come back around. Um, I talk on my show to realtors about how I don't want them to pitch. I don't want them to be the sleazy salesman. We're connected on Facebook. You see some of my stuff. I don't beg for leads. I don't beg for clients. I don't cold call. All the things that all the realtors that you all know are doing, I don't do them, <laughs> right? Because I don't like it being done to me. And so I create relationships. I share stories. Mm -hmm. I share the, the clients at the settlement table and what they went through. So if I can just do those things and change the real estate business. I, I, I just think there's so much, there's so much that isn't right in our business. And I'm sure it's in every single business. So what can I do to do different? How can I help others? And I believe that when I do that, it will. Now I don't do it just so that it comes back, but I believe that if you are generous, kind, helpful, et cetera, it will come back. Mm, yes. And you are uh, definitely a home whisperer. <laughs> you uh, really create, you create a space that people can go from having a bad experience with a real realtor before, and now you get to like fluff them up and you create them with such kindness and care that they were like, oh my gosh, where have you been my whole life, John? I can't imagine buying or selling a house without you. So I love, I love all the things that you're doing. Thank you. And I think another piece for all, everyone listening out there, you have a special gift, whether it's real estate, whether it's coaching, et cetera. There's something that you have that you don't think is that special, but half of my clients have fired another realtor and then find me, whether mm -hmm. it's they, they Google realtors and I have Lancaster County. I have the um, second, there's a site ratemyagent.com. And so if you search there, Lancaster County, by reviews in 2021, I was number two in the county. And I don't have the second most deals. I probably don't have the top 100, but it doesn't matter because I've created these relationships where people want to tell people. And I'll have clients that come to me, fire another realtor. It's like a bad breakup. And they're like, oh, well, I'm a little jaded, right? The, mm -hmm. the realtor, I would text them on a Friday and they got back to me on Monday. Oh, sorry, the house is under contract. Mm. <laughs> and like, we're busy. I, my family's a priority to me and that like I have priorities in my life. But if I don't and I joke with people, if I don't answer you like in a few hours, I have died in a ditch. Please send like an ambulance <laughs> because like and I will say like I've got clients and I'm like, hey, I've, I've got meetings today. I can meet you at seven o'clock tonight and they understand. But at least I respond. I right. I, I could go on. But I was, like I just think we all everyone who owns a business we can do better at communicating mm. and caring about relationships. Mm. And that changes the world, changes relationships, right? People are, people almost expect their realtor to screw them over. Mm -hmm. Well, how can I show you something different? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that you mentioned how everyone has their own, we each have our own gifts. So how did that real estate was part of your forte or building relationships was one of your gifts? I mean, was there a test that you took or did you just get the memo from God one day that your gift is <laughs> blank? You know, how did that work yeah. for you, John? Yeah. So share my story a little bit. And I also in March shared my story on my podcast, but the, the, the basics of it is this. I've always um, been good at sales and good at relationships. And I've always been terrible at jobs, <laughs> right? So every W-2 job I had, I either got bored and took a promotion six months later somewhere else and did this and that back and forth from company to company for like the grass is greener thing. Mm -hmm. I either jumped ship or got fired from every W-2 job I've ever had. Mm. And so there was a point and I still remember it, February 26, 2019, I lost my W-2 job and I thought, okay, like there's, there's gotta be something else. There's a great quote and I hope I don't butcher it, but it's everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Mm. And I think it's from, it might be from Albert Einstein, but whoever it is, everybody's a genius. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll grow up thinking it's stupid. And that, I think that was me. Like I lost mm -hmm. W2 after W2 and thought I'm an idiot. 
Like I'm stupid. Mm. And then realized, okay, this, like, I, I still remember so many family dynamics, but like being judged by family members because I couldn't keep a job, right? Being judged by my now, being judged by different people in relationships with family members before me and my wife got married. Uh, Like, and again, I, I can understand it. Like imagine your daughter wants to marry someone and they can't keep a job. I Mm -hmm. I'd be frustrated too. I have a daughter boys. When you come in 20 years, you better (laughs) be able to keep a job. But I I just had to find my niche and I realized I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary relationship sales dream. That's not great. I worked at Chick-fil-A for a time and we all know how busy Chick-fil-A is. So imagine Mm -hmm. I'm dreaming at one in the afternoon of how to improve things. Mm -hmm. It was not the time to dream. It was time to get the freaking food out the window, Mm -hmm. right? Dreaming is at 9 a.m. when there's no one there. (laughs) And and so I think that's an example of how I wasn't a great employee. I think it was great that I was dreaming and trying to improve, but it's like I didn't have the social awareness to be like, this is not the time. Mm -hmm. And so eventually my now team leader who operates our team he was in real estate. I remember texting, Hey, how's real estate? And he said, Hey, how's the bank? And I was like, yeah, let's chat. And he had been a friend for years. He saw my gifts at sales and relationships and thought it would be a fit. And I'll never, (laughs) I'll always be in real estate in some capacity. So I think, but I do think like God did show me like, Hey, you've got these gifts, but you're not great at like taking orders. I remember (laughs) in my banking career, I would get emails Hey, from my assistant branch manager, hey, can you email this person? And I'm like, did you just email me to tell me to email someone? Right. That stuff grinded my gears. So, all that mm-hmm. to say, I'm not great at you saying, John, send this email mm-hmm. because I'd push back and be like, why didn't you send that email and, mm-hmm. you know, get fired? <laughs> so, yeah, long explanation. But I just think I-, I had gifts for sales and relationships, but wasn't great at like taking orders. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how I ended up in real estate. Well, the thing I love about your story that you just shared, thank you for sharing it is that here you are in a fast food and you're, you're a leader. People are already looking to you to lead. And then you change jobs and you go work in a bank and you didn't go into full detail of how that happened. And that's fine. We don't have to get into that, but I do want to get into something else about around that time with you is here you are again, once again, people are depending on you or looking at you to lead. And I just want to say for the listeners out there, pay attention to that in your own life. Like how often do you have people coming to you for advice or to take the lead or take the role on something? Then you don't even, you might even not even look at yourself as a leader. You might think, oh, I'm just an employee. I'm just this. I'm not the manager. I'm not this. But they're seeing potential in you. And so that is something I would love for you to like really grab onto because I think oftentimes when we are W2 employees, we don't think of ourselves as a leader. I, on the other hand, became unemployable because I saw myself Mm -hmm. as the leader immediately and was like, this is how I want to run things. And they were like, well, that's great, but we're still in charge. I'm like, well, that's great, but it sucks what you're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what I, I learned how to be a business owner by all the things of what not to do. Right. Well, and, and Shay, I love that point because I never wanted to start a real estate podcast. Vincent Puglisi said to me, I kind of said, I mean, I still remember being at the Total Life Freedom Retreat that 2019 fall in Pittsburgh. And we were going around the room talking about like, oh, reoccurring income. And I literally said, I'm a realtor. There's no such thing. Mm. And he's like, shut up. Don't talk. Like he he's like, you have no idea. And then he asked me, like, what could you do? And then I kind of got down the line and after this is a few 15, 30 minutes rolled into 30 seconds, but basically they saw, they all pinpointed that a lot of the realtors, even the ones that I trained with when I became a realtor were coming to me, asking me questions. Yes. And I did like the leader thing. Exactly. I did not have the capacity. I said to them, I don't have time to help all these people one-on-one. And they said, create a podcast. And I'm like, no. And now I have realtors coming to me 
multiple times weekly, like, hey, will you help me with this? Hey, will you do this? And and sometimes I have time to connect one-on-one. Sometimes I don't. But by having a podcast now that's like reaching people around the world, I get to help people. I've become the leader. You were on my show earlier and we were talking about people that don't see themselves as having these abilities to help others, or they're like, oh, I want to be like you. Well, Shay, you and myself didn't start like speaking to people and we didn't wait for someone to like ordain us or like tell (laughs) us we could do this, right? Going back to the TLF retreat in February, I decided. Like Mm -hmm. I just decided I'm going to start a real estate podcast and whether it helped one person or 15 or just my wife listened to it, I did it. And now it's grown a lot. But I think the other point for the people that listen to your great show is you have something that to you seems ordinary and to someone else is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Right. I talk Mm -hmm. to realtors every week who say, well, help me with social media. And to me, it's simple. So I'm like, sure, let's jump on a 15, 30 minute call to them. They're like, wow. And so I think it goes back to, are you going to help people? Mm -hmm. God's put an open door in front of you, right? Are you going to walk through? Or are you going to say, no, I don't want to help anyone. No, Mm -hmm. I don't have the time. No, I don't. I mean, I have a few of those free calls every week and I can afford 20 minutes on a Monday and 20 minutes on a Thursday, I can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. I can give that. Yeah. So it's just, I I think everybody in some way or another is a leader and how Mm -hmm. are you going to help people and pour into them is really the question they, everyone, all of us have to ask ourselves. I completely agree. This is why we're, we're related, (laughs) related (laughs) by association, right. In the TLF family. But I, I, I love that. I think what's so profound about your story is how you lost your job and then you like had to create something out of literally thin air. So could you take us back to when you lost your job, what you were feeling, what you were thinking, and then how did you get into real estate? I know you have friends in the real estate business. So was there someone that came alongside you and said, Hey, come over here. Were you looking at other options, that type of thing? Yeah, I knew once I got to that point, I'm like, you, you are not a W-2 employee. Like, what else can you do? I thought about really, it it came down to, I thought about sales either like as a mortgage lender or in real estate. So it kind of worked out that those were the options. I had friends that had, and I think this is the power of listening to people that you have in your life, mentors, people, people had for years said you should be in real estate mm-hmm. or lending. They they basically said two things. You should be in real estate or lending or an Apple genius because I love Apple products, like everything. So they're like, you should work at the Apple store. Those were the two things, mm-hmm. but I knew I didn't want to go back to realtor. And so that's how I knew. And Shay, oh, take you back to that, losing my job. I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I prayed and just processed and like not to over-spiritualize everything, but I I just kind of was like, okay, well, where what's God have for me? I knew mm-hmm. about the potential money you could make in real estate. I mm-hmm. knew that, I mean, and for those that don't know the business, the average realtor makes less than $20,000 their first two years. So I remember when I became a realtor, finally went to a class at the local association of realtors and the teacher said, all right, raise your hand if you want to make less than $20,000 for the next two years. And of course, everybody looked around the room and laughed and he goes, Okay, well, then you got to do something about it, right? Mm. Because that's the average. And he then said, look around 87% of you. So there was a room of 30. So it basically was like three of us were going to survive five years in the business. Mm. And so what made me successful as a realtor is that I just started doing things. I didn't wait till clients came to me. I shared my business card on social media. I shared everything on social media. I've shared a story many times, but my first client, so I got licensed in the end of August, 2019. So five days before my son was born, our first child. (laughs) So lots of changes at once. Um, My first client, I remember speaking to on Thanksgiving day or around there, my, my good friend, Jonathan had recommended him. Once we, I'll make a long story short, but once we had started looking at homes, every time we were in a home, I would put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, put it on my stories, showing homes today. Now, I wasn't dishonest, 
Mm-hmm. But every I just said showing clients homes today and took a picture. I showed that, you know, they were between jobs and this. So so they saw 63 homes. Mm. So it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. But and I couldn't do that today because I just don't have the bandwidth. But so I looked like I probably had 15 clients right. early in my career, even though I had one. Right. And so I think a lot to take you back to. It's all about the power of perception. I never lied, but even now, if people see my Facebook, I share if there's a coming soon for sale. I share when I'm showing houses. And now I have a ton of clients that I'm almost trying to like handle them all. But I think it's about just sharing. And if people already trust you mm-hmm. and like you and they know, like, and trust you, well, then it's just, okay, let's go see some houses. Yeah. It was a very, very tough first nine months in the business. But once that first client settled on a home, so April, so we've now gone from February to April of the next year, 14 months with basically no income, I felt like I could run through a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And once I did it once that he was under contract, I saw the social media following, growing, et cetera. And then he settled. I'm like, all right, I've done it once. Let's do it a hundred more times. Yeah. So Oh, it's so tough to think about. But I mean, when I shared on my podcast in March, I I said on one of the episodes, like, guys, two years ago, I had not sold a home. Mm. Right. So Mm -hmm. my first client settled, I think it was April 16th or something, 2020. That was my first settlement. Like, Mm -hmm. so for the people out there, you are not that far removed from your life completely changing. If you walk through open doors and trust God to just guide you and provide mm-hmm. for you. I mean, we lived off my wife's $40,000 income and it stunk. We didn't go out. We weren't eating out. And then when I started to make money, we're like, wait, we can become debt free. We can do this because now I definitely exceeded the $20,000 average. And then that in my first full year in 2020, in 2021, I tripled that. And and so, yeah, I I just think, I feel like so many people out there are like, okay, but that could never be me. Well, no, this guys, this was two years ago. So imagine yourself in two years, where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Okay. What are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I love this story so much uh, for many, 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 many reasons, but I think there's something that I think a lot of my listeners are, are listening they're like in this transition spot of life. They're probably mid thirties to fifties. They're in a career. They are a W2. And they're like, I need something more fulfilling, more meaningful, something that's going to fill me up rather than just punching a time clock. Or they're in the military and they're transitioning to get out. And they're like, now what, what do I do? And Mm -hmm. I really love that you tapped into the sales aspect of it, but it's so much deeper than the sales. It's about connecting with another person. It's about creating a friendship, a relationship, and then going from there, that whole no like, and trust, Mm -hmm. huge, Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. So take us back to how did it feel when you became debt-free. Do you see my face light up that? <laughs> so, so we recently paid off our house. Like we, so we became, it, it was always a goal because yeah. the, the, the goal was really have my wife stay home. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we knew, okay, but she's making the 40 grand that we're living off of. You have to replace the 40 grand plus your income plus whatever. And so the dream was always um, become debt-free outside the home, like except for our house. And so that was about $70,000. And then once we were debt-free, she could consider when are you going to leave your job because there's not this debt hanging over you. So the quick answer is it felt amazing, Uh, of course. But the long piece of that is I've always been motivated by numbers, like go up. that sounds weird, like important dates. Mm -hmm. So like we became debt free the day before my son turned one, because I said, I'm going to hustle and grind. I want Caden to never know a life with debt. And I want to be able to tell Mm -hmm. him, Hey buddy, like we, we paid off, we've been debt free, except the how, like since 
the day before you turn one, you turned one and mommy and daddy was the first day of being debt free. Mm -hmm. And then the next goal was before our daughter was due six months later was save up 10 months of living expenses. It would have been March. And so we said, okay, um, if like, let's save up so much money for our living expenses so that if God forbid 2021 um, is a crapshoot, either COVID or whatever, and we can't survive, we have 10 months of living expenses in the bank to live off of. Mm -hmm. Well, then we got to March uh, 1st, so six months to the day after the debt, and we had over a year of living expenses in the bank. Mm. This past August, I was at Podcast Movement where we met in person for the first time. And I went to see Dave Ramsey with our friend Ken Carfagno. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, I'm I'm gonna come see you soon. I want to do my debt-free screen. I'm gonna be here in two years. My birthday's in June. I said, by the time I'm, I said, I'm coming to meet you on my 35th birthday mm -hmm. and I'm going to pay off my house by then. Cause again, I've always been motivated by numbers. Yeah. Well, then we hustled, grinded, hustled, grinded, and actually recently paid off our house. So before my even 34th birthday. So it feels amazing for one. And I, and I also would say like for your listeners, like for us, it doesn't make sense. Our interest rate was a two and a half percent. It made no sense to pay off our house, but for us, it was a heart piece. Yeah. And for us, it was, and I know some people, Dave, Dave Ramsey is kind of polarizing, but for us, it was, we wanted a heart piece. We, we wanted to do that. We felt like that's what God had called us to do. And as, as a dreamer, as a visionary, I've always thought about investment properties, Airbnb, rentals, mm -hmm. hard money lending, whatever it is. And my wife said, okay, you're motivated by big goals, buddy, pay off the house. You can do whatever you want right now that the house is paid off we mm -hmm. can do what we want and so I'll, and and for so i'm not telling everyone go pay off your house it might not make sense but for us with an inconsistent income where some months i could make $30,000 and i might make, make no money for 2 months it can be huge and now all the pressure's off and i will say something that i'm actually going to talk about on my show soon that i didn't even think about mentioning I am a much better realtor because I'm debt free mm. because I'm friends with all these people yes. on Facebook. And I've said, I don't care when you buy a home I, like, yes. and they saw debts paid off a year of living expenses in the bank. Now my freaking house is paid off. So guess what? When I tell you, Bob, that I don't care, you see on Facebook, they're debt free. If you're leaning a year of living expenses in the bank, their house is paid off. When he says he doesn't care, he really doesn't care whether it's this year or next year or 10 years. I mean, my house, I, like I could just take out a home equity on my house and live for four, five years and not work. I'm, I'm not going to. I love what I do. But I do think if you're in a job like mine where the, in, the income is inconsistent, is inconsistent, is not consistent, it probably makes you a better realtor. It probably makes you a better car salesman if you're like, well, I mean, my house is paid off. So whenever you want to buy this car mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Yeah, it, it game changer. It 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 really is, and I think it's also being reminded like everything I have is God's. All the clients, all the money, everything. And now it's how do I invest, but also give, right? Mm -hmm. Live and give like no one else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's exciting. And well, thank you for sharing that. I love, I love that you said paying off your house makes you a better realtor because it takes the fear away. So oftentimes we go because society has told us we have to have the best house, the fancy car, all of that. And we go into debt to get it right. And then we're like and then there are those people out there who one company I started with, one of those multi-level marketing network marketing companies was like, but debt motivates you. And I was like, that does not motivate me. <laughs> so it's so funny to see how our mindset really shifts from when you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make the sale. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to pay whatever, pay the taxes on the house to it's, it's taken care of. And this is just, not just, but this is allows us to move forward in the, in the arena that we want to play in next. And something else, Shay, I would say is a lot of people are so busy keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. I drive a 2013 Chevy Cruze. And let me tell you, I am dreaming. I want to buy an Acura or an Audi. I really do. Mm -hmm. I'd buy a used car, 
right? Not spend more than I should. It'd be a tax write-off for my business. I'm not just going to go buy a $50,000 BMW because I can. I'd love to, but it doesn't make sense. And not to keep bringing Dave up, but Dave Ramsey has this quote, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Mm -hmm. And so when are we, all of us, me, you, your listeners, when are we going to jump off the hamster wheel of, I mean, it's so funny if you've ever bought a car, like if I even think of, if I think about buying a nice car or like I I laugh at these people driving the Mercedes, but then someone pulls up to them in the next class Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I don't, I don't think having a nice car is bad. I, I love, would love to and hope to one day, but not to impress people just because, Hey, I've worked hard and I'd like to drive a nice car. I mean, it's funny. I say to my wife, all I want is a car with Apple play where or car play, whatever, where it's so dumb, but for me, (laughs) but I'm not going to just buy things. We live in a modest house. We've committed, even though our house is paid off to stay here for two years. Mm -hmm. And then I could sell my house for a huge, I I, like, I'm not going to jump out of one mortgage into a more expensive one for what, for what? And so I think like, stop trying to impress other people. Most of them you hate. I don't like many people. So like, I'm just kidding. Like most people, like, why are you trying to impress people? It doesn't matter. I completely agree with you. I was able, I was totally blessed and able to go buy a new car and write a check for it. And I was like, how amazing is this? Like, I don't, I had a brand new car and no car payment. Now, mind you, it's not a Mercedes or BMW and that's okay. I don't need a Mercedes or a BMW. It's a Nissan kicks. And I wrote a check for it. It's all mine. And I absolutely love it. And I was able to do that in 2020 when my business was, I was off for two months and still was able to go forward and, and do that. And there's something to be said again, it just goes back to that whole mindset of what is motivating you? Is living with freedom motivating you or is living with fear motivating you? And it's so true. I remember, I forget where I was eating out and having a meeting one day, but this this 16-year-old kid, it, it was probably Chipotle or Chick-fil-A. And I remember two of the kids talking in the back. And, and one said, I can't believe you own a Tesla, bro. What does it feel like to own a Tesla? And I almost, I, I didn't want to be a jerk. Otherwise, I would have said to that kid, um, you do realize that kid doesn't own a Tesla. The bank does. It does right. I wanted to say it's so bad <laughs> because guess what? My little beat up Chevy Cruze with some dents in it. When I drive down the street next to the guy in the BMW, well, I own mine <laughs> and right. I don't have this weight hanging over me. And if I crash it or God forbid something happens, I don't have to worry about. I just think let's stop. You don't own anything. And if you have a million dollar house with a $900,000 mortgage, I'm not impressed by you. I'm not right. The bank owns your home. You, you own like a door, (laughs) right? Agreed. A door is very true. And and maybe the mat, the doormat up front, (laughs) (laughs) maybe the toilet paper dispenser and the door. That's it. Right. I love that because it's so true. I see oftentimes they'll show, Oh, celebrity just bought this house for like $15 million. And it's like, but did they pay cash? Because if they didn't pay cash, I'm not impressed. I don't really. It's great that it has 25 bedrooms, but Mm -hmm. are they holding their money in the bedroom? I mean, what are they doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I joke with my wife that like, hey, in two years, let's see what we can do and buy house cash, like sell this. one. Absolutely. It would be amazing. Right. It would be amazing. You know, the borrower is slave to the lender. And Dave Ramsey said, I feel like a Dave, like I'm really I like his stuff, but I'm not like I don't like, oh, Dave Ramsey. But. I think it's so true, right? When you have debt hanging over you, Mm -hmm. it does. Like I used to wake up and check my credit card statement Mm -hmm. and think about what I owed. And now I get to jump and check my savings statement and see the interest it's earning. It's just different. And in a business like mine, like real estate, where there's so much stress, do you, or whatever business we all have, like, do you really want to wake up and be like, oh yeah, my credit card bill is due next week. And I uh, have a $3,000 payment. And if I don't pay it, I get $800 in interest, right? You Mm -hmm. you don't. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I know that we've talked so much about so many different areas in life, but what if our listeners are listening to you and they're like, John, that's great for you that you became a real estate agent, but I just lost my job. 
So what advice would you give them to help motivate them to not lose hope? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Well, first of all, you're not alone is I think the first thing like we have been there. And I think when I lost my job, I would encourage you that one of the big things you many jobs, Shay, many, many jobs. But one of the things I would encourage you with is you're not defined by a job, right? When I got fired from my last job, I actually got six months of unemployment because I was wrongfully terminated and they lied and said that I had been written up. And so then when it all went through, they said, oh, well, where are these, where are these, the proof of these write-ups? And they said, oh, well, they were verbal warning. So we don't have anything. And they're like, no, no, like a verbal warning might still be verbal. John, don't do this, but it's still documented somewhere that you gave John a verbal warning. So you are not defined by how your W-2 treats you. For one, there are people that have been there and you can reach out. I'd be happy to talk you through it because I right, had some emotional days where I'm like, I do not want to be alive. And so I want to encourage you that you matter. Um, and I would encourage you that I'm, <laughs> Shay knows this, but I'm like the anti w 2 And so I would say like, what can you do mm. where people, something that you think, oh my goodness, this is so easy for me, but people are like, no, James, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing work that you do. Like I would pay for that art. I would pay for that. I have so many friends that should get into the entrepreneurial world, but mm -hmm. will not bet on themselves. So if you just lost a job, and you can financially be stable, like we survived, I would say, what can I build that people want to pay for? There's articles, and if you read the news, and I, I don't, but there's this, they're talking about the great resignation where mm -hmm. all these people are leaving their jobs. Well, where are they going? Well, we're all building things. And if you don't jump on the train, it is leaving the station. Now, there's always opportunities to build something, but this is the season right after COVID and so many things like begin something. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't, I wish I would have become a realtor while I had my full-time job and then mm. transitioned out. Now yeah. I didn't, but the best thing never happened to me was to get fired because I, there was no backup plan, right? I was worried. I could not make my mortgage payment two months later. We did not have the money in the bank. And so what can you build? Because your W-2 job does not value you. They value you three cents more per hour next year than this year. Mm -hmm. And so what are you going to do? And are you just going to stay on the hamster wheel of going to a job you don't like, not having time with your family? One of my favorite things about being a realtor, and I would encourage everyone with this is I, I wake up, my wife's a saint, so she lets me sleep in till like nine sometimes, but I wake up and I go, hang out with her, see how the day is going, play with the kids for a little bit. And normally my day starts at about noon, really. Mm -hmm. I, I love the freedom yeah. to go and do, let's go to the park this morning. Oh, let's go to the park after dinner. Um, now, real estate is busy, but I build in that time and I have to build in that time with my family. I want, right, like Vincent talked about, I want total life freedom, financial time, location, and financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And even this year, my goal is to basically do one and a half times the income I did last year, but work less. Mm, I love so that. my encouragement is, is go build something, go build. You have something that people will pay for that you don't even believe is a real thing. Agreed. And thank you for saying that because I believe it too. I'm not anti W2. I am just anti, um, everyone should own a business, even if it's a side mm -hmm. hustle at first, that's how, it, that's how I started. And I am just like you tying back to the first question when you said people said to you, well, you should do blank. So I would say to the listeners is surround yourself with people who say you should do blank and really listen mm -hmm. to them because they're seeing something in you that you have never seen in you. And I had the same thing. I was, I'm so thankful that I was able to be around amazing people as my, my salon clients who would say, oh, you always are sharing what you're learning about yourself. You should be a motivational speaker. You should write a book. You should start a podcast. You should be a life coach. And so I did. And 
And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I listened to that and went, what? well, why not? Why not go down that path and see what happened? And because I listened to that again, we talk about how sometimes God whispers to you. That is a God whisper from someone else that says, yes, take that door. It's opening, walk through it because you were obedient. The next thing is going to show up. The next door is going to open. And when you walk through this door of, I, I call it with uh, curious exploration, you just see all the more doors that keep opening. And it's just an amazing, amazing thing. So I love, thank you, John, for sharing all of your stories because you we've been able to watch how all these doors have been opening mm-hmm. and you've just been continuing to walk with curious exploration. Well, thank you. And, and I think I love what you're saying about a small voice because God speaks through people. I'll joke that the Holy Spirit often sounds like my wife, but um, like, <laughs> I think, right, people are in our lives for mm-hmm. a purpose to mm-hmm. encourage us, to help us. I, I love our mastermind. I would have never tripled my income were it not for being in a mastermind and people telling me like, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can start a podcast that's growing in the top whatever percent in the world. Yes, you can you can do it. And I'll say something. If you don't have the confidence in yourself, then borrow that confidence from someone else. Mm -hmm. And that came up at our, you know, total life freedom retreat in February in St. Augustine, Florida. I had five or six conversations there where I said to people, you need to believe in yourself. You need to charge Mm -hmm. more. You need, not that we're trying to rip people off in our business, but like when you undercharge, you kind of look like a budget option, not like the quality, right. you know, writer, author, photographer, whatever it is. And so I would say, hey, if you don't believe in yourself, then have this borrowed confidence. Mm-hmm. And I, even at that retreat, our takeaway, Vincent went around and said, what's everyone's takeaway? And I kind of was saying, well, include my wife in more business decisions and that you are, you all are amazing entrepreneurs and you need to believe in yourself and borrow that confidence from someone. Um, and so, and I would say to those people as well, like if the people around you are tearing you down and saying that you're worthless or saying, no, no one would ever buy that jewelry or that whatever from you, buy, then get around, get in a mastermind mm-hmm. like Total Life Freedom in, or in, one in person and have people there that are encouraging you. I think the biggest thing in my real estate career or one of them is I used to be so jealous, right? I was poor for so long that I used to be so jealous. I've got family members making really good money and I used to be so upset and jealous. And now I root for them to win. Mm-hmm. I want you to make good money. Now, in some of them have been super generous, like they make really good money. So they buy and sell houses with me and buy, you know, vacation homes with me. But that's, but really I want to root, I want people to root for me. So I want to root for other people. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like giving to others. If you're giving to others or just rooting for them, well, that's going to come back to you. I completely agree with you. Again, this is why we're we're kindred spirits, John. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you. Our time is coming near to an end, but I just have a few more questions left. And one of them, I mean, you've touched on so many amazing things, knowledge nuggets, which have become wisdom. And so what would be, what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Wow. Well, and I love, I love the last piece there because I've, I've thought over the last few months about legacy. What do I want my legacy to be? Because if I sell a billion homes and make a billion dollars, like, and die, it was worth nothing. Um, and so I really want to be remembered as somebody. I want my kids, my wife, now I'm going to get emotional, but I but I want them to know that like dad worked really hard, right? And real estate's a lot of work, but dad made time for us, right? Mm-hmm. I want my kids to see that I made time, that I love their mom and that I made time to be with them, that I think so many of us in business were like, well, work so hard, work so hard that we then can do this. And yeah, I'm getting emotional, but like, and then what, right? I don't want to work Mm -hmm. so hard and work so hard. And then I look and my daughter's five years old. Right. So I even have said to my wife, it's interesting with our second child, because I like, feel like I spend a lot more time with her and I can't go back to Caden. Now he's two and a half. He doesn't want to snuggle. So I try to, I'll do what he wants. Like, but every day 
I want to spend time with my kids and I want to have time where I spend one-on-one time with my kids, Mm -hmm. where they know their dad, where they know their daddy. And I think outside of like my family and leading them and loving them and serving them well, I, I want to be someone that was helpful. I want um, to change how people view realtors as like the sleazy car salesman. I want to, I want my clients to know I care about you and the relationship more than I care about the commission. I don't care about the check. I care about you. And I want realtors out there. I want to change those statistics. Now I'm one person. I can't do it all, but I can, everyone, I have a small part in it. I want to change those statistics that 80, 87% of realtors are out of the business in five years. I want realtors to feel confident and to know that they're doing a great job, even in a tough market, like we see all over the country. And really not just realtors, but businesses like you, you have something to offer to people. You should, you know, be hopeful and try to share your gifts with the world. And if like, it goes back to really what we discussed at the beginning of the episode, serve people, it's going to come back to you. And so I want to be known as a person that really cared about his family, cared about people and tried to help them. Well, I have to say thank you for sharing that and sharing your time with us because you are living that legacy. And you are so generous in giving and to take time, not only with us, but like you've shared, you've built in the time for your kids. So kudos to you. You're doing that right now. Thanks, Shay. And I appreciate you so much. I'm proud of the work you're doing too. And the amazing things you're doing with your show and the things you're building and how you're, you know, helping people through your book and helping military families. I think it's amazing. And it's whenever I think about you, I'm like, she's like a boss. Like she's like... Got it all together. And I I mean, I know that, right? Nobody has it together. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. But I think you're doing such amazing things and I'm Mm. super proud to know you. Wow. Well, thank you. That's, uh, I'm so honored to know you. And where can people connect with you, your podcast? Where can they connect with you and watch your social media posts? Or maybe they want to buy a house or moving to Lancaster County. Hey, if you want to move to Lancaster, call me anytime. No, but seriously, thank you. You can find, I'm John Shookman all over the place, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. You can connect with me there. If you have questions, feel free to reach out about the journey and what the journey we've been on with real estate. I love connecting with people. And I have people that reach out, like they're not even realtors yet, but they're like, I'm thinking about it. Hey, cool, sweet. Let's jump on a call. I'm happy to take that time and talk to you. Besides that, yeah, social media stuff. And they can check out um, my website. The Real Estate Survival Guide has the podcast. And that is the name of the podcast, Real Estate Survival Guide. And I would just, I love helping people. So if you need anything, whether it's social media help for, hey, how do I promote my business on social media without being salesy and a jerk? Hey, I've done it. I can help you. But that's where you guys can find me. And I appreciate you uh, all for listening. And thank you, Shay, for the opportunity. Yes. And before you go, I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I think I'm sort of like just thinking off the cuff, but we've been through so much hard over the last two years and it's still hard every day with two kids. I joke with people that I feel like I'm at a zoo and like, oh yeah, here at the (laughs) zoo today, it's going great. And I'm not like a verse memorizer, but, you know, all things work together for good Mm. for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I think, and now I'm getting emotional again, I I think like my whole journey is sort of like, I could just focus on, right? And our stories Mm -hmm. are similar. We could just focus on the bad and all the Mm -hmm. things that are happening, or we can see it as a door, an opportunity. I don't think I'd have as much success in my real estate career had I not lost W-2 jobs, had I not, and I think each job was, even if I lost the job, an opportunity, hey, what can you apply? There's still things from three different Chick-fil-A stores that like I apply in how I do relationships now with people. So I think like right all along the journey, it's sort of like one step up, like a roller coaster, yeah. uh, not even a roller, like all of that has worked out for good, but, and life's still hard, right? God does not promise us, right? In this world, Mm -hmm. you will have trouble, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That should have been the verse, right? But (laughs) like life's hard, but it's good. And I think it's when you can pour into relationships with people and you just see a little glimpse, like, oh, I helped like, wow, you're growing and I'm thankful to like have poured into you. That's, that's what it's all about. Like 
helping others, leaving the world, even if it's a couple people better than I found it. Mm. Wow. And you definitely are a testament to that because I can totally see how it's not about the bad stuff that happens to you. It's how you handle the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And you are, it's just part of your legacy. So thank you for, for that. Well, and God's not asleep, right? When I lost my job, he wasn't like, oh no, what happened? Like everything (laughs) is an opportunity for me to say, am I going to trust you? Am I going to trust you? Yep. Yeah, and I think every that's every day. What's the old song? Mo money, mo problems. Like yeah. now we're not struggling as much financially, thankfully, glory to be to God. But but it's like, okay, well, now you have different problems. Not, mm-hmm. okay, what about my mortgage now? It's how do I handle this? How do I give? How do mm-hmm. I? Uh, so every season is different. I think in this season with kids, try to enjoy every day and try to enjoy the season because it's going to change. Like I deal like with that. diapers. Yeah, like, yeah, I deal with diapers now instead of middle school problems and teenage problems and adult kid problems. But like every season's hard. It's just, okay, what's the lesson to learn in it? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much, John, for being here. It's just been an absolute joy and a treasure to have you here. I'm super thankful for you. Thank you for having me. And I really appreciate you and we'll talk soon. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you listened to this and took some notes, I'm sure you did because John dropped some major knowledge nuggets. Go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a review and share this episode with your friends. And until next time, let's get fired up. This podcast is a proud partner of the Heroes Media Group, Lima Charlie Network, and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty, and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you, our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.